It was so funny when you said, oh, this feels like a lynching. <laughs> this comedy, bro. Some dude was like, bro, now you're bringing in race? Yeah, dude. Lynchings really take this to heart. Well, I am going back to Does it always feel weird when you go back? Uh, so the first couple of days, the first two days, it's, it's fun. It's great. It's amazing. And then it gets boring again out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I'm ready to go back to San Antonio. Like, For real? Yeah, it happens all the time. I'm there. Like, even when I was in school, bro, every time I go, I'm having fun conversations with uh, mom and dad and opera or whatever uh, after one or two days, right? Then they go about their days like, okay, th- they go do their own thing now. They're watching TV and I'm watching TV. They're doing uh, So it's just like... Man, I just want to go back to Irvine, you know, and think mm-hmm. it with all my friends. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I already know how I'm going to feel, so I'm going to feel the same way. <laughs> so the first two days are going to be dope, and then the next eight days are going to be rough. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That always happens. That's why I always mm-hmm. go back uh, to wherever I come from, like, after two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't, I can't last. I can't stay for a month, bro. I'll lose my mind. Like, my whole schedule was messed up, you know what I'm saying? Like, my sleeping schedule, my my workout schedule, my my focus is not there anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. It just ruins everything. So, the moment I'm back in, like, San Antonio or Irvine, my my, my mind is, is, like, back to normal. Do you think it's the environment? 100%. Okay. What do you think about the environment gets you well, a break? Home, home, like, so, okay, I would, okay, I would say it's the environment, or I would say is that um, since I grew up there, um, it's more of a comfort kind of thing, right? So it's just a place of where I become, where I was lazy. That was my lazy self back then, you know? Or mm-hmm. not as, uh, as uh, experienced, you know? Um, so it's like, it brings me back to then, those kind of moments, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I forget, like, I don't forget, but I, I just lose, forget. I feel comfort back. You know, so I'm like, uh, I become more lazy, you know? I, I notice that my performance drop every time I go home. Mm. Like when, I, when I'm doing like work over there, like uh, my job. My theory is it's the people who are back home. It's not the environment itself. It's like you become like the people around you. And as much as you want to fight it, laziness outweighs just you. And it's just the way I've always seen it. Maybe that could be the case. Yeah. That could be the case, but the thing is, mom and dad always go to work, you know? Yeah, but like going to work, coming home, mindlessly doing that every day, that's not hustle. That's just routine. Yeah. You know what? But, it, okay. I just need to be I just need to be away from home to get work done. So okay. as long as I'm at on I'm on uh, at the library or on campus, I'll get to work. But if I'm at the house, yeah. I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. I don't think people give enough careful attention to their environment as being a result yeah. of their production. Well, yeah. for me, I notice it easily, bro. It, it disappoints. Like, I feel, I get disappointed when I'm not doing work, you know? Because I already know what I want to accomplish and what I have to accomplish, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I set myself goals, like, almost every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It sucks even more when, like, even being sick right now, I feel yeah. like I wanted to get stuff done, but I just don't have the energy or yeah to actually I, do it. I hate that feeling. 
especially when yeah. I'm sick. Bro, I'll be in my bed and not give a fuck about anything because I'm so like drained and I'm just like I can't I can't like you know like I feel so terrible if I get up. Yeah, I'd rather stay lying down, you know. Yeah. So yeah, remember that time when I was sick for like two weeks? I think it was uh, a couple months ago. Man, I was doing nothing for those two weeks. Really? Yeah. Omar was like, I think you you actually got COVID, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was like a flu or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't felt sick like that in like years. Yeah. yeah. You're basically incapacitated. Yeah. You can't do anything. Even if you have the strong desire to do it. Like even this week's episode of the podcast, because I've been sick the last few days. Yeah. It was really bad yesterday. Monday yeah. was fine. But then Tuesday, I started feeling it. Wednesday, it just got worse. And yesterday, it was like, I was in bed all day. And then plus, even with this podcast, we were supposed to record on Thursday, but today's Friday, obviously. But I was like, you know, if I push this off again, I'm probably not going to get it done this week. So let's just grind through it right now. At least I have a desk and a chair right now. So at least I can just sit with yeah. a cup of tea and get this done. I don't know if this is going to be a good episode, but... I think it's better to show up than it is to be perfect every time. Mm. I know. It's just something I've been thinking about. Like, even with, I've been trying to grow the Twitter account for the business. And over the last few days, over the last few weeks, I've grown the account. It's a modest 30 followers, but mm-hmm. still, like, it was zero. Now, there's one dude who's really fucking with me. So I'm just like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Yo, yeah. just based off of videos I've been making, because my goal is to post one video a day, not just for table mm-hmm. moments, but also TEF. So the TEF one is mostly like either uh, content creation tips or motivation fuel. Mm-hmm. That's it, those two. Or basically just talking about like what people will experience when they're trying to grind and build from the come up. A lot of the themes that we've talked about here when it's just us two about like starting from the bottom and people really fuck with the videos i'm just like oh okay this is interesting <laughs> yeah um so it'd be nice to get into longer form but i don't know twitter all right some game for you guys twitter is not like the other platforms you can't just post content and expect people to see your shit it does not distribute your stuff to random people like tiktok does okay there is no for you page none of that even though they are trying to do something, but right now it doesn't really work that way. If you want to grow on Twitter, you have to engage on other people's posts. And so that's the work part, like deciding I'm going to engage on at least 10 other people's posts, some witty, some useful comment, not just like, oh, great, bro, fire emojis. You know that stupid shit that you see on Instagram? Yeah. No, no, this has to be something witty. So like a post, someone's like uh, a SaaS idea about hiring Indian engineers and doing a background check to see if they're actually qualified. And then my comment for that was, people are sleeping on Ethiopia. And so that's like, people don't expect that. And it's an interesting one. It's an interesting tweet. And it's also true. Um, But like, you got to do this a lot so that people can see. Then they go to your page, your, your profile. And then once they see your profile, if they like what you're doing. So my pitch is, I'm building software for content creators. Um, here's this app I built, feel free to use it and, uh, follow if you want access to betas for future products and whatever. And yeah, <laughs> got up to 30. <laughs> Hopefully like next time we bring this up on the podcast, it's over a hundred or maybe a thousand and then 2000, 5,000. I don't know, but like it's a grind. That's the grind part. Just 
commenting on other people's shit, which is the part I don't like because you're dependent on other people. Right. Which sucks. But I don't know. Like even with the the 23 million views on TikTok, that video, that was yeah. somebody else's video that I cut. Mm. So yeah. Which I'm not a fan of. Wow. It is what it is. It's a grind, dude. It's a grind. Hey, but uh, so what? How do you feel about um your time with uh Sam Cedar? <laughs> um, yeah, he did a lot of over talking. That was super yeah, annoying. I hated that shit, bro. Dude. I was like, I just wanted him to hear you. I thought that was the point, right? Because yeah. you had a different view than he did, but mm-hmm. but it seemed like he was more interested in beating you in an argument than it was a debate. Yeah, like once it once I saw it was going there, I was like, all right, I just got to be able to say my talking points and. Yeah. what my perspective was but like his number is even wrong too he's never bothered to do the math and he doesn't even understand why the cap there's a social security cap there's a maximum amount up to that the social security tax applies to it's around 160,000 anything that you make over 160,000 doesn't get the social security tax on it now his solution is to raise the cap but it's a stupid solution because he doesn't understand why the cap is there the whole yeah. point of social security is that you pay into the system with the hope that you get paid out as mm-hmm. much as you put in. If you raise the cap, that means you have to raise how much people can take out too. Otherwise, then you change it into something that it was never intended to be, a wealth redistribution program. And the fact that this guy who, I swear to God, people on Twitter were like hounding me. All his fans were hounding me. It was crazy. They're yeah. like, oh, you look so stupid. You look so stupid. I'm like, all you guys yeah. don't understand why this exists. It was so funny when you said... Oh, this feels like a lynching. I said, <laughs> bro. <laughs> this, this, this comedy, bro. And then some dude was like, bro, now you bringing in race? I'm like, bro. Yeah, yeah dude. Niggas really take this to heart, bro. <laughs> I, dude, I don't get it. <laughs> I really don't get it, bro. I, yeah. That's slow, bro. Dude, that's the problem with politics. It's so tribal. Like, I used to be big into politics, and I just realized, like, people aren't actually interested in uh, fruitful conversations. Like, he and I both agreed that Social Security, as it is, is unsustainable. We actually agreed on that. Now, our solutions are different. His solution is to raise the cap, which doesn't actually... One, you would have to change the law into something it was never supposed to be. Like, you have to convince people that, hey, this social insurance is now going to convert into a wealth redistribution program, which I don't think you can convince politicians to do um, because that was never the intent. And then once you start looking into Social Security and the Social Security Trust Fund and like he did quiz me on a couple of questions about the ratios of workers to retirees. And that's simple algebra, by the way. That's what the math I was talking about. That's like. You take the average Social Security payment divided by 12.4%, which is the Social Security tax, times the median salary, and you figure out how many workers you need to have to pay for each Social Security recipient. Now, the number right now is that we have for the system is three to one, which is way too low, way too low, which is why the Social Security trust fund is being depleted. And the thing that he doesn't understand is that this fund is like a rainy day fund. It's it insulates people who are living off of Social Security from the ups and downs of our economy. If there's a spike in unemployment, you don't have to worry about it affecting Social Security recipients directly. Now, his solution, like he was saying, oh, you can expect 80 percent like 
for your 40 year old after the fund is depleted if we don't change anything now it's like that assumes everything stays stable which has never been true and so mm. already we agree that you're it's, you're not going to get the same social security we also agree the system doesn't work as it is but our solutions my solution was technology it's the only way we can solve ourselves out of this debt problem um, yeah and have and, to go like leave it alone yeah yeah. And he was like, oh, magical technology. I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> like, are you serious right now? <laughs> and then yes. what, what, you uh, probably brought up uh, like ChatGPT. Uh, it's going to like uh, take out away. Like, they're like, what are you talking about? They've been saying that for years. And look, bro, if they don't notice that jobs are being lost because of technology. And it's crazy, bro. Yeah. Like, they don't understand tech. Especially creative jobs. Even their job, yeah. Sam Cedar's job, where you just talk. Yeah. Those jobs get eliminated. The graphic artist gets eliminated. The people who run a show gets eliminated. Yeah. Like, it's the creatives that suffer because of ChatGPT. But he doesn't get it. But whatever. It's like, yeah. all right, bro. Yeah. I, I, it would have been cool uh, if, if, you were, if he was able to listen to that point, you know? Um, mm. But, yeah, he's just talking over you so much that the conversation kept changing in every direction. Yeah. Yeah, it, it turned into a quiz, which is just, I'm like... Yeah, but it was funny, it was funny when you pulled the same move on him, like, near the end, when you asked him about uh, uh, the reason why there was uh, I oh, forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. And, yeah. you know, he didn't really understand that. It's funny, because, like, the people that were his loyal followers completely... That's the thing, their bias was so strong, I didn't realize it would be that strong. Uh they didn't see the, the questions that I got right. He was quizzing me on like, and I did it off the top of my head, okay? This guy has yeah. a paper in front of him. He has yeah. staff who helped him with the shit. This yeah. is me off the top of my head. And he's like, what's the figure for a 40 year old? I said under 40, by the way, but um, he, yeah. And then, yeah, I did drill him and he got the question wrong too. So I feel like that's why I called the conversation mid because yeah. we didn't actually uh, have a decent conversation and we both stumped each other. And I, I, I would say if it was a boxing match, it would be a draw and it would be the ref's decision, I would say. Like final decision to the judges? Yeah, it would be the judges. And in this case, it's his home court, so they would give him the win. But Yeah. But it was weird. It was so weird. And I was just like, this guy has 1.2 million followers and he doesn't... They were calling him the king of social security. That's what his people were saying. I'm like, how do you, how can you call him the king of social security when he doesn't understand why the cap even exists? The whole fundamental nature of this thing. It's like, it's such bullshit. So I was just like, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, bro. It's fun though. <laughs> he, did, he, did, he did get very like heated too. You know, like, yeah. uh, like out of nowhere, he just turned to 100, you know? Yeah. He was chill and everything. And then out of nowhere, his rage was like, like, I don't know. You did. You did. You know, hurt his ego for sure. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Politics is. This is why politics sucks so much. Yeah, they suck so much. Here's the thing. I'm a political. I'm a political guy too. But I'm actually interested in. Like, I, I get where his his audience is coming from. They have grievances that are legitimate. Now, the solutions are usually stupid because they suck at math. But they yeah, healthcare shouldn't be as expensive as it is. Like, housing should be way more affordable than it is. Like, I get it. Yeah. Now their solutions to it are stupid because they think the government's here to save us. 
when all government's ever done, at least from my perspective, is just screw people over and then pretend like they were the saviors. And then the things that you can point to that government did has done well, it's usually when you look deeper into it, there was some other motive behind it. But I'm like, yeah, I, it's stupid to, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's so dumb. And people are like, oh, you got burned, you got burned. I'm like, really? Like, that's all you guys saw? Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. And then I had to reply to a bunch of t- people on Twitter because I never knew that this is what like a massive hating audience would feel like. Like they're going to all the socials and leaving their comments on that Sam Cedar broadcast. Seriously, like even posts unrelated, they're like, oh, you got burned by Sam Cedar. I'm like, really, dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you dick riding this dude? It makes no sense. Yeah. I hope. Here's the thing. It's so weird, dude. It's so weird. First, yeah, on Twitter, obviously, because I got called out there. But then on YouTube, people come to the, they found the YouTube channel. And and then I, I, I watched the thing after because I clip it up. I clipped it up and so that I could share my points based on yeah. what I could say on the call. And I actually make myself look good. <laughs> yeah. I seen that. It's like, bro, you only did, uh, a few people are like you only did that to make yourself look good. I said, yeah. I said, like, that was like, my yeah, message. <laughs> yeah. Um. But you know what's funny? Uh, uh, like, Peter also clipped it up to your whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and posted it on YouTube. Yeah. Here's the thing. I didn't realize he hung up on me. By the way. At the end, it wasn't I hung up. That's oh, not really? how the conversation. Yeah, he hung up on me. And then he goes on. I didn't realize this until after. Then he goes on calling me all these things that I'm not. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, so this is how it is, huh? Mm. When you hang up on the dude and then you start talking shit. Mm. I'm like, you fucking bitch. This is a bitch yeah. move right there. <laughs> like, whatever, dude. Whatever. That's the thing. Like, uh, man. But it's cool. Got some followers out of it, though. So I'm not mad. <laughs> Yeah, bro. His fans are bitches, bro. They are. They like complaining a lot. I'm just like, you know, when people say be the change you want to see in the world, nobody takes that to heart. You know, it's just like all these complainers. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to solve everybody's problems because I have to. Nobody else is going to do it. Like, yeah, I think housing should be cheaper. I think medicine should be cheaper. Like, I didn't get to bring this up on the thing. I actually had points ready to go, like with medicine like how we can drop the price of medicine. What people don't even understand is like when you don't use insurance and you pay cash for everything, um, for certain things, it's way cheaper. Like I remember when I was getting antibiotics for the, after a dental procedure and they're like, okay, I go to the pharmacy. They're like, all right, it's gonna be 140 bucks. I'm like, okay, they're like, can I see your insurance card? I was like, no, no, I'm just gonna be paying cash. And they're like, oh, okay, let me recalculate. Thirty bucks. I'm like, what the yeah, fuck? That's so weird. Uh, that happened to me before. Yeah. Like, explain that. Make that make sense. Dealing with insurance is such a pain in the ass that that's how much extra it costs. Like dealing with paperwork, going, calling the insurance company to pay this, and then all the documentation that's required through Obamacare. A large, a lot of it, a lot of the regulations and codings came out of Obamacare, and then having to deal with all that, and then waiting for the money to come. They're like, all right, we're going to have to charge you more because it's such a pain in the ass. It actually costs man hours to go and get that money. But if you just pay cash, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll get our money today. So we'll just charge you a slight. We'll just charge you something reasonable. It's still stupid. And I'm just like, look, this is a good example of how we can cut medicine 
in huge ways the cost of medicine. But yeah, bro, it's like it's it's literally we have tech, we have so much that's going on in this world. How do we not have an efficient like healthcare system? You know? Yeah, it's, it's crazy, bro. That's the and, thing. Like, uh, I think a yeah. lot of people eat are eating good off of this, which is the problem. Because like insurance companies, the fact that we still use this is why the high deductible health plan was supposed to be a remedy for this where you pay out of pocket until you reach your deductible. Mm. So like, let's say your deductible is $1,600. Until you get to $1,600 worth of medical payments, insurance doesn't cover it or insurance isn't gonna be paying for it. So it's basically, and it's money that you're allotted. So you put money aside specifically for medicine, for medical care. And it's not taxed either, but I don't know if people actually treat it that way. And so the idea is like, all right, when you think of it as like your money, then you make different pricing decisions. You make different decisions and all that. But it's nothing like when you're paying cash for something, man. It's like, at least for drugs, dude. Medical procedures are a little bit different, but even then, like, that's why I'm like, I would have loved to bring that up. I'm like, well, how does that make sense? What if we could offer that? What if we can reduce the cost of medicine so much that people paying out of pocket could afford it? What if going to the doctor for a checkup was 20 bucks? People would do it. What if it was to get an x-ray? 30 bucks. People would do it. Like, like, it's like, it's not even worth dealing with the insurance company. Now people would be cheap and be like, all right, I gotta go through insurance, which doesn't even make any sense because the way we treat health insurance isn't like insurance. Like, you know, you don't get, you don't use your car insurance to get an oil change. You don't use your car insurance to get tires rotated. But when it comes to like standard procedures for medicine, all of a sudden we use health insurance for everything. None of this makes sense. So I think there's things we could change. And I think more Cubans doing it with the cost plus drugs. He charges yeah. a, a little bit more than the drug actually costs Life the source. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's going to take. Entrepreneurs out there who are changing the system. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Socialists don't really see that. You know, it's crazy. Like uh, what Marsh Cubans doing has been done before. Right. But the thing really? is, yeah. Multiple times, but the thing is, they they always get bought up by big corporations, so they can uh, control the market. But Mark uh, like, no, I'm not gonna sell. You know, he 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 been getting hit up by big farm pharma, mm -hmm. but he's like, nah, not happening. So it, it it's dope that he's making that change. You know, like it, it gets even crazier because there are some. There's this. I don't know if it's even worth getting into, but for old age blindness, there's a drug. Um, that these one of the drugs that's made is from the company I used to work for, um, and another drug is made by this other pharmaceutical company. But this other pharmaceutical company also has this other drug that's a cancer drug. That if you dilute it, it works the same way as the the one that they sell for this actual disease. It's old age blindness. Blindness. But and the difference between what they charge for the one that's designed for this illness versus the one that isn't is like 2000 around $2000 versus 50 to $100. It's a huge jump in price. A lot. This cancer drug that's used to treat this old age blindness when diluted is actually not FDA approved for this illness, for this old age blindness. It's approved for cancer um, in the liver, but it also works the same way when you put it in someone's eye to help cure the blindness stuff once you dilute it. And the problem is the company that makes this uh, cancer drug also makes a treatment for this eye drug, uh, for the eye thing. 
that they sell for $2,000. So the problem is the company could, if they decided to, take their cancer drug, run it through FDA approvals after dilution, and get it approved. But they have no incentive to because that would eat into the profits of their main drug. Mm -hmm. And so what actually happens is like a lot of eye doctors know that this exists and there's all these like many third party manufacturers that buy this cancer drug and dilute it themselves and then give it to eye doctors to administer to people as a affordable way to cure old age blindness. But neither of these companies, the one I used to work for or this other, other one that actually makes a drug, has no incentive to actually lower the price of their drugs. And this is crazy. It's crazy. And so it's like all this stupid shit that happens in medicine. And then I hear when I, I remember some of the corporate meetings we were in, they were talking about how this is dangerous, that they're taking this drug and diluting it and putting it in people's eyes and we're safer, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, of course you would say that because it, it eats into your market share. Of course you would. And then, it, and then it turns out, like, the company I used to work for ended up doing some shady shit to, to make the drug more accessible mm -hmm. through, like, some back channels and stuff. It's not money laundering, but it's money laundering vibes. <laughs> like, they set up, they started working with this charity to help people afford their drug or at least pay. So the Medicare rule is you have to pay 20% of the drug out of pocket. So 20% of 2000 is, uh, is $400. And so they're like, all right, so if it costs $400 for people to get our drug and the government will fund the rest of it, what if we started worked with this charity to help people, to help give people the $400 so that they can afford a drug and the government can pay the rest of it, which is a big no-no. That's Medicare fraud for sure. But really? and these. Dude, <laughs> it's the, yeah, the whole point is they want people to make financially prudent decisions. Like if, if there's no out-of-pocket cost to a patient on Medicare, they'll just spend as much because it's not their money. But if it's like, all right, if you have to pay 20% of the cost of the drug and we'll cover the 80%, then if you can afford the 20%, then we'll, we'll pay the 80%. But the company I used to work for realized, yo, people cannot afford 400 bucks even out of pocket just for the 20% for our drug. And this is when they were about to launch too. And so they're like, all right, let's work with this charity to give them money to help. It's a charity that's set up to make these drugs affordable to help pay for the, the co-payment basically. But these stupid idiots, I swear to God, do you remember that scene from The Wire where Stringer Bell sees the guy taking notes on their meeting? Uh, no, I don't remember that. Yeah, there's a scene in The Wire where all these like mob bosses and Stringer Bell, he's running the meeting and they're like discussing whatever. And then he sees one of his dudes taking minutes, meeting minutes. And he's like, nigga, are you taking notes on a criminal fucking conspiracy, nigga? And he grabs it out of their hand, right? These dumb motherfuckers, the people I used to work for, actually like documented what the rate of return would be if they donated to this charity which is a huge violation because it's like, oh, so you're defrauding Medicare because the whole point is if you're giving to this charity, it, you can't decide how the money gets allocated. Like if they decide to help fund some competitor's drug, then that's not on you. And so they were in back and forth communication with this charity about like, oh, 
what would be the appropriate amount to give to this charity and can we guarantee that it'll go to our drug instead of our competitor's drug and all this bullshit. Uh, and they fucking documented it. They had PowerPoint presentations. They had testimony. It's fucking crazy, bro. Yeah. It's, I was just like, this crazy. is some dumb shit. This is some dumb shit. And I'm like, they were literally defrauding the American government. And then the the worst part of it all, I think, Did was... They get yeah, they got caught. They got, um, yeah, it was, I think, our federal attorney from Boston who brought the case against uh, the company. And the guy, conveniently, the guy who was responsible for all this retired. I was just like, okay. You were there while this all happened? I was there when all this became public. I wasn't there when the drug was originally launched. It was launched in like 2013, 2014. But it wasn't uh, until now that they discovered. So they've been doing it for years. Well, I don't know if they continue to do it, but they definitely did it at the beginning when they were launching the drug because they needed the drug to work. They needed people to buy it. Otherwise, the company probably would have failed, which is I I can understand the hustle. But like, goddamn, why do you take notes on this shit? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was crazy. Like I was in a meeting with some coworkers and that came up and the guy was like, oh, this is total bullshit. This is total bullshit. I'm like, clearly you didn't read the criminal complaint. I read it all. I was just like. They have PowerPoint presentations, they have testimony, they have diagrams, they have emails. It was crazy. And it was all just listed there. And I'm like, oh, so you guys are just gaslighting yourselves, thinking this company didn't do the shady shit that it did. Wait, so do you think they knew that they were defrauding? Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. The compliance, the fraud and compliance department, not fraud department, I think it was the compliance department, was like warning them hey we have to make sure we don't have any emails oh that we're not discussing any figures related to how it affects our drug because that would be a big whatever violation literally it was someone in the company and they were hiding it from that person and so they hired someone to make sure they stay compliant and then they hid it from them so that they could do this shit it's fucking slow bro crazy dude yeah. i was just like oh i was like here's the thing they're one of the better pharmaceutical companies but even they do shady shit i was just like yeah. okay i was like whatever it's like the shit was hilarious yeah. and i see my coworkers like dismiss it like it's not a big problem i'm like do you realize who we work for <laughs> like yeah. yeah i was just like come on man it, it's just the stupidity of it all that blew my mind i'm like why would you take notes why would you take notes yeah bro <sighs> It's wild. It's wild. It's the funny thing is, it's like, I haven't mentioned the company at all, but if you look up me, <laughs> you'll see my work history and you'll find out who it was. <laughs> how how would they find your work history? I don't know. There are some people. I got stalkers, bro. <laughs> I got fans. They don't, know, they don't know your real name. Um, I'm sure they could find it if they really wanted to. Ain't no way, bro. They don't know your government, bro. Eh, I don't know. I like, uh, I got some fans here. I got some fans, which is one thing I did not expect to come out of this, by the way. Uh, fan guys and fan girls. It's weird. Yeah. It, once you start getting a little bit of fame attraction online, first, it's going to be the guys who like really you're going to get fan guys and then you're going to get fan girls. But the fan girls aren't as overt as the guys. The guys are get very sexual very fast. The girls are going to be very subtle. And so, you're saying you're saying that. The fan guys are sexual with you? They try to get sexual. What? To, yeah. With you? They, no, they ask me, like, hey, I don't know if you swing the other way, but, like... What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yo, this is wild. <laughs> it is wild, bro. bro this this yeah. time has come 
to an end, bro. This is crazy, bro. Yeah. No, that's crazy, bro. It's funny. I didn't expect it. That's wild. Yeah. So you'll get that first. The girls are subtle. The girls are subtle. So they're not going to be out there and be like, please, I want your dick right now. You know, they're not going to do that. But they'll just be like. Yeah, but they for sure trying to holler at you. Yeah, for sure. They definitely slide in the DM, for sure. Yeah. Damn. Okay. That's how you know. That's how you know you're 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 getting you're getting the clout, bro. I guess. <laughs> I did not. I did not expect this. I don't care for it at all. But yeah, like uh, it counts with it, bro. It does. I guess. Yeah. And I don't know if it helps with like mating strategy or whatever. But you know how like um, girls are attracted to guys who can get other girls. Yeah. This low key does the same thing. Mm, for sure, I, I see that. Yeah, mm. like even the homie, you know, that does content too. You know, he he gets a lot of DMs too. So or it gets, you know, subtle, subtle. You know, same thing with you. You know, they're they're more subtle about it. But yeah, that's that's interesting. No, but here's the thing: like once you start getting clout and you start getting fame a little bit online, whatever, people start sliding into your DMs. Now, if you're not used to this, or if you don't have the temperament for it, or frame, or if you haven't taken the red pill yet, this shit could be overwhelming. I could see a guy just indulging too much, mm-hmm. you know? Cause like you're getting all this attention that you're not used to before. And then it all starts coming and then you're just like, oh, this is what it kind of feels like to be a girl, to get all this attention. And then it's easy to slip up and just be like, all right, this is an easy way to get laid. This is an easy way to get laid. And then that's why you see these text messages from some of these dudes who got some clout. It's like, bro, you got no gig. It's because he doesn't need it because they're coming to him. Um, yeah. And so that's the dangerous part. It's just like, one, it's the temptation of it. And two, the trap of it. So a lot of people are just going to be looking to trap you. That's why it's like all this attention is cool, whatever. But like, to me, it's not real. I mean, all this stuff is on the internet. Yeah, I'll meet some people in person every now and then, but like, I don't know. That's why I have a rule. I don't fuck fans. I don't fuck fans. Yeah, I was gonna ask, would, would you ever fuck one? No. If you, if you were single? No. It's too easy. Too easy. And yeah. then you know that's gonna bite you in the ass. What challenge, right? It's not even the challenge. It's gonna bite you in the ass later. It's like, all right, if you just use her and then move on. They're going to feel some type of way. Here's the thing, like content, they know so much about you and you don't know anything about them, especially with the whole podcasting thing. Like they really grow a connection with you. And so they'll feel way more about you than you will ever know about them. And so you can't just fuck them and leave, especially with girls. I mean, yeah, maybe 99% of the time it'll be all right. But that 1%, you're going to get a crazy. And that's what's really going to fuck you hard. And so I, I don't think guys understand that that the temptation is it's not that i like the challenge i i think it's but it's just one of those rules it's just like you don't take advantage of the people who fuck with your shit even though you can you just don't i don't know but maybe i'm wrong here i don't know like uh, to me it just seemed too lazy honestly it's just like i don't know it just seems way too lazy but no would you Nah, i don't think i would i mean uh, it, you don't yeah, have to deal I, with any bullshit i, know, which is, I, I, I like a little bit of a challenge you know yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's just too easy, it feels like I didn't, you know, I don't deserve it, bro. Like any, any, any guy could get that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like it's, you know, what I'm saying like you don't appreciate that, appreciate it that much. 
Hmm. Like you, if she, if a girl is easy, bro, you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna even think of her as like someone to to even be with. You know what I'm saying? What if she's just easy for you? That's but the how, thing. Like, yeah, how could you tell the difference? I don't know. I mean, like, I know that black girls are easier for me. Smart black girls are easier for me. They just are. I've had other types, but like smart black girls, the ones college educated, probably have a really good job, um, secondary degree. Like those are the girls I do really well with. Like it's easy. Now it's easy for me because I think I have a mind that matches theirs, which is it's like, okay. I feel like if guys just find their lanes and they like their lanes, then you're set. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Bro, I actually about uh, clout or something. Bro, I was at the message today, right? Pajama. And, uh, bro, I was, like, just focusing on, you know, the, the, the hookah or the lecture, right? And I, I turned to the left of my side, and there was a, a, a younger kid, or, like, he's, like, in his teens or something like that, like, staring at me and smiling and trying to say what's up to me. Right, but I, I, I was like, I don't know you. I, I don't think you're saying what's up to me. I'm, I'm thinking you're saying what's up to someone on my right side. So I turn around to the right. I don't see anybody there that's looking back towards his direction. I look back, and he's still looking at me, smiling. I'm like, why is he looking at me like that? And then I was like, you know what it is? It's actually um, the, the the post that Harun made, and that me, him, and uh, Omar. Um, that gone viral, like a lot of people have seen it now. Mm. Like it's been inspired around the community, and so they, they noticed me in there. You know what I'm saying? So that's probably it. You feel me? Because I've been mm. getting hit up from all my homies from back in Cali, and they're like, "You're TikTok famous." I'm like, "Yeah, I've been known that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's, How do you it's, feel about the clout? It's interesting, but it's like it's not it's not that serious. You feel me? Hmm. Yeah, I can imagine it being pretty annoying. Like if you're super famous, you can't go anywhere without people like, "Oh yeah. my god, that's gotta suck." Yeah, yeah, bro. I would hate that too, bro. Can't even go throughout my day. Like even you know, I don't know if you know Israel Adesanya, who's fighting this weekend, uh, UFC fighter. He was saying, "Man, every time I walk out, all these fans come at me." You know. And the thing is, I realize it doesn't matter if I give my 100%. You don't got to match people's uh, energy. Just be you, you know what I'm saying? Because um, it's so draining just to match people's energy, right? Mm-hmm. On top of that, um, he realized the people that, like his close family and people that he, he, he's close with, that he hangs out with, they, they, they tell him, like, hey, bro, like, it's, it's, it's getting annoying every time I'm, I'm hanging out with you. You know, because, you know, all these fans coming up to him and they don't get to spend time with him, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just like even him, he 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 was hurt by it when he was told that. So so he, you know, what I'm saying clout is not something to be like something to be grateful for. You know, it has mm-hmm. its downside. Wish people knew that before they decided before they decide they want to be famous. Yeah, bro. Like privacy is hugely important, but. I think people under underestimate it. Yeah. Like with with clout, not only do you get like fans, but you also get people that's based on your downfall. You know. Mm. Which is 
the negativity in the air you don't want. Yeah, bro, it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, it has its upside, but it also has just as bad as downsides, you know? Maybe there should be a cloud school. Like, all the things that are going to be changing once you get some cloud, once you, you start growing some cloud, and here's how to handle those situations. So, yeah, you're going to have fans around you all the time, so you're going to have to set time aside with your close friends and families to keep you grounded. Like being media trained? I guess media trained, but even better just to spot trouble when it's coming. So, like, once you start getting cloud and people know who you are, then people come out, a lot of DMs are going to be coming in, and... Yeah, I guess a lot of it will be love, but some of it could be nefarious. And yeah. So you have to be careful there. Or if it's hate, or like, how do you navigate in a world where a lot of people recognize you on the street? Yeah, one thing I didn't realize is that people can build cloud just from streaming. Like, what do you mean? Like, YouTube, YouTube Live? Yeah, or? YouTube, Twitch, stuff like that. It's just like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, I ended up looking up Kaisenet. Kaisenet is crazy, bro. I told you about him, right? Yeah, and then I looked him up, I'm like, this guy, He's I don't know crazy, how you can huh? watch him. I don't know how you can watch him, dude. He's a little extra for me. He's so loud. So loud. That's that's the annoying part about him. But he's he's entertaining. That's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, but he did a whole month of streaming 24-7 uh, in Black History Month. February. <laughs> yeah, to support Black History Month. Wait, and, so he's uh, on camera all, 24 hours a day? Yeah, so there's a camera all around his house or his Airbnb, which is like a very expensive Airbnb in, in L.A. Uh, and uh, he invites like celebrities like on certain days and then brings in baddies and then just like just make, being a fool, bro, you know, is uh, a very entertaining moment. So And he eventually hit, he became the biggest streamer uh, on Twitch um, this year, just based off that month. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I was watching some clips on YouTube. I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? He's doing a live stream show. Yeah. It's like, he has these, like, he invited a magician or a mind yeah. reader. I'm just exactly. like, what the fuck is going on here? And, and people love that shit, you know? Like, yeah. his fans, they love it, bro. And I ain't gonna lie, some of it be entertaining, that's why I watch them. Mm. But some of them, like, I'm like, alright, it's whatever. But mm. yeah, there's a good amount of, he's funny though, there's times when it's like, hilarious. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah, I find him entertaining. I can respect the hustle for sure. Yeah, he's very, it's not he's my kind very, of content, yeah. but yeah, yeah, he definitely, if you could do a stream for a whole ass month, that means yeah. like, no downtime at all. Literally 24 hours a day for a whole Bro, month. He, he, he even has it in his uh, bathroom. Like, he showers. Uh, like, camera. There's cameras in his bathroom, so everybody can see him 24-7, bro. So he's in any room he's in. Uh, he, he'll switch to that camera, and he's there, right? Uh, like, he'll be showering with his shorts on, though. You know? Oh. Yeah. What about when he takes a shit? I don't know how that... I didn't watch, I didn't watch his full stream, bro. <laughs> I was like, I don't got time for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's hilarious. I always thought, because, like, you know, with streamers, they have all this content, like, uh, they're, like, even some of the live streams I've done on TikTok, two hours, three hours, four hours, on rare occasions, and I'm just like, you know, it really sucks having to go through back and cutting it up, right? Then I was yeah. thinking, like, Andrew Tate taught us that if you your fan is super loyal and they really fuck with you, they'll cut it up for you. Now, 
what they were doing for Tade is he was paying them, like, through affiliate links and stuff. But I don't know if people really fucked with the shit and you could grow social media just based on posting your favorite YouTuber for them from their live stream and you direct people to watch their live stream and maybe there's an opportunity there. So it's like, what if there was the Tate method for everybody? Mm. So it's like, because that's the hardest part, actually making the content. They 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 do call it the tape method, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, the way how he started that, even uh, Mr. Beast, he, he he even takes he started taking a page out of his book too. It's like, yeah, uh, uh, we call that the tape method, you know. So it's interesting. People, more people are starting to you know open up to that, yeah. which is Sounds a like, great way to become you know more viral. Yeah, like if your stuff resonates with some people, and they're like, yo. I want to post this on my socials. Or it'd be interesting if you give your fans access to your socials so they could post for you. You'd have to really trust them. Or you maybe there would have to be some filter or whatever. But if people are like, yo, I really love this section here. And you're like, oh, okay, I can clip that up and then post it to social media. And they can yeah. clip it up for you if there was an easy enough tool to use. Or they could just let you know, yo, I really love that section. And then I'm just thinking, like, how do you let small creators grow? in a world where, you know, where you just have to... Uh, I've just been thinking about, like, this new idea. Yeah.